Enactment of laws establishing veteran-owned businesses as a distinct class, well, it's done a lot to help veterans. Bill Elmore was the first associate administrator for Veterans Business Development at the Small Business Administration. He's out of government now, but still on the Veterans Business Trail. He talked with Federal News Network's Tom Temin. Tell us about uh, your sense of these laws. I mean, you were there to enact them through SBA. And what was it like for veterans before and after? Let's start there. Well, uh, I think the short version is that essentially a generation of veterans was almost completely ignored in federal policy. And that began in the early 1970s. uh, And I and a few other people from around the country worked for almost three decades to recreate an engagement on the federal sector with veterans as entrepreneurs. So that's essentially what I ended up doing. Uh, I helped draft some of the legislation all as a volunteer. Uh, I was then asked to compete for the position at SBA. Uh, I did against 71 other candidates, and lo and behold, they picked me. So I ended up spending 12 years in D.C. putting all the programs, policies, and initiatives in motion uh, designed them, implemented them, and and tried to fund them. Let's just back up for a moment, getting Congress to move on something like that to establish these types of businesses, small businesses that are owned by veterans, started by veterans. Often these great ideas are really, really tough to get through Congress in reality. But how did you find the reception initially, and how did you get this whole thing sparked so that the laws were enacted? Well, the, the reception initially was... Uh we love you guys, but. Uh, and generally, Congress did not pass the legislation that we promoted or that we advocated for. And in fact, I helped draft veteran entrepreneurship acts in 1990 and 1991 and 1992. I testified on supporting those, uh, but none of those three pieces of legislation passed Congress. Uh, how did we finally get this started? Um, it turned out that sort of the moon's aligned, if you will. I'm from St. Louis. I had gotten to know Congressman Jim Talent, Republican from the St. Louis metro area, not because of my veterans' work, but because of uh, a toxic cleanup that was happening in his district. Uh, and so after four years of volunteer work, he asked a question in 1997, does anybody want to talk about something other than this dioxin incinerator? And I said, sir, I'd like to talk to you about how veterans are left out at the federal sector. And that's what opened the door. We we developed some concept papers for him with a small circle of friends I had around the country. Uh, we engaged for a couple of years. We actually passed uh, in the SBA reauthorization in 1997 some attention on veteran entrepreneurs, but it was kind of torpedoed at the last minute by a couple of opponents on the Hill leap forward in 1999 with a lot of steps in between and a lot more people getting involved, uh, we drafted what became Public Law 10650, the Veterans Entrepreneurship and Small Business Development Act of 1999. And lo and behold, Jim was so skilled politically working with both sides of Congress and working with both the Small Business and Veterans Affairs Committees that we passed Congress unanimously without a single dissenting vote in 1999. This work would have spanned both the George H.W. Bush and the Clinton administrations. Did you get good vibes from the administrations during that period? 
no. Uh, the, actually, the Clinton administration generally opposed most of the legislation. And in fact, they testified against much of it at the markup hearing in 1999 over at the House Small Business Committee. But we overcame their objections. Um, and actually, there's a, there's a long history. In 1992, we actually presented most of the ideas that were in the 99 Act to the incoming Clinton administration in Little Rock, Arkansas, during the transition period, and they chose to ignore most of those. And then in 1994 and 95, the Clinton administration essentially torpedoed most of what SBA was delivering at the time to veteran entrepreneurs, which was reasonably substantial, but it wasn't really robust. Um, so we had to overcome a lot of things there. Uh, but we did. Uh, and then lo and behold, the Clinton administration hired me. Well, I guess anything is possible in political Washington. We're speaking with Bill Elmore. He was the first associate administrator for Veterans Business Development at the Small Business Administration. And in the initial enactment period or post-enactment period, and you started to set up programs, what did you see in terms of the types of veterans and the types of businesses that were coming forward to SBA for help in establishing businesses? Well, what we saw was that most veterans, uh, and by the nature of their service, which often is overseas, they didn't know SBA existed by and large. And if they stumbled into a small business development center or a women's business center or perhaps an SBA lender, uh, they may have heard about the programs and they may have utilized them, but uh, the SBA was reaching at that point about 50,000 veterans a year. When I left in 2012, we had upped that number to somewhere in the range of 200,000 veterans a year who receive, whether it's business counseling, procurement opportunity, SBA financing, disaster loans. Uh, loans for reservists who were activated, who were entrepreneurs. There's a whole range of things that SBA delivers. And, and I don't say this in a negative about SBA. The biggest issue with SBA is it simply doesn't have the level of staffing and support from Congress that's required for it to effectively engage with half of the American economy, which is the small business side of the economy. The high school I went to in the, in the 1960s in St. Louis had 3,000 students at it. When I went to SBA in 2000, there was 2,100 employees across the entire country and across the entire breadth of the responsibility that SBA has to implement. Sure. So it's way understaffed, uh, and it's, I would argue, way underfunded as well. And getting back to the veterans, over the years, the diversity of veterans increased as more women served and came back as veterans. Did you notice that in terms of the people, again, coming to SBA and once they knew about it for help? Absolutely. And in fact, I saw my primary responsibility was engaging the veterans community with SBA and using the weight of the community to essentially help me develop the response from inside the agency program by program. So one of the programs we created uh, in 2011, a year before I retired, is a program called Women Veterans Impacting the Spirit of Entrepreneurship, or the short name is VWISE. And we've discovered a number of things through VWISE, which is delivered by Syracuse University and the Institute for Veterans and Military Families now. Um, and, and we've had 
well, somewhere in the range of 3,000 women veterans and spouses of service members go through VWISE, and about 85% of those women have started their own businesses. And if, and if you look at the survey of business ownership that um, Census does every five years, although I think after 2012 they're no longer doing that, the biggest increase in veteran business ownership up until about 2014, 2015, has been with women veterans. So they are really embracing entrepreneurship as their vehicle and as their venue and as their approach to how they're employed. And in those early years, what did it take to sensitize federal agencies and the procurement function to the existence of this new class of businesses? It took a lot of work, and this goes back again to SBA size. Um, I had a staff of nine uh, in my office Uh, And one of those people became my veterans procurement liaison, a gentleman named Bill Jenkins, who did wonderful work for us. He was arguably SBA's best contracting officer when I managed to grab him from another office. So what we did was we, we had to strategize about how to approach this, and essentially we began training veterans hands-on, one by one, but every veteran that we worked with, we had to convince them, and it usually was easy to do that, to help us spread the message of how do you learn the language of the FAR? How do you understand the responsibilities of contracting officers in all the federal agencies? How do you hold them accountable for taking all the steps that by statute or by regulation they are supposed to take? and how they identify and engage with the markets that they're trying to reach. So we used every tool that we could come up with, PCRs, Procurement Center Representatives at SBA. We helped train them. Uh, We helped train staff at the various agencies about their responsibility. And it wasn't just responsibility. It was opportunity. We really focused on this is not a group that you should engage with because the law tells you to. We really focused on this is a group of creative, inventive, productive entrepreneurs who bring incredible value to the federal marketplace, not just because of their own personal experience, but because of that 15 to $20 billion a year budget that DOD spends on training these men and women. They bring knowledge and they bring experience and they bring maturity and they bring operational skill to the marketplace that a lot of other entrepreneurs simply don't have because they never served. That's Bill Elmore, former Associate Administrator for Veterans Business Development at the Small Business Administration, talking with Tom Temin. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Listen to the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. (coughs) Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.